So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. Take the Beachbound Vacations Perfect Beach Finder Quiz. You could find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the Perfect Beach Finder Quiz exclusively at Beachbound.com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, Bachelor Happy Hour listeners? I'm your host, Becca Kufrin, and today we have a very fun surprise for you. So she was originally going to be our guest today, but unfortunately, my co-host, Michelle, isn't feeling all that well today. She's a little bit under the weather, so... I'm excited to announce that we are welcoming back Serena Pitt herself as my co-host and party guest today. So welcome back to Happy Hour, Serena. Hello, Becca. Thank you (laughs) so much for that lovely intro. I'm so happy to be back here with you today and all of our amazing Bachelor Happy Hour listeners. So I'm ready to just get into it. Let's talk about the journey. Let's talk about Rachel and Gabby. I mean, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And you know, of course, we also at the end of this have to talk about the fashion moments because that was your whole thing when you co-hosted with me last season that I do. I truly miss it. I had so much fun listening to you give recaps week by week of like the top fashion moments or fashion fails. So we made sure to include that this week for you, too. Uh, But in the meantime, and before we get into like the meat of the episode and this interview. I want to catch up with you because it's been a hot second since you've been on happy hour with me. So fill us all in. How have you been? I've been good. Life's good. It's busy. And Joe and I have our place in New York together. We're still popping back and forth to Toronto and Chicago and all over the place. So we cannot complain. Everything's been very great. You guys have been crazy busy traveling all over the place. The last time we saw you, we were in Mexico together. We took we were on like yeah. a little double date night in Mexico, getting caught up. And um, you guys actually had something super fun going on. And didn't a design team come in to your New York pad and totally outfitted and decorated and make it look spectacular? Yes. So when we were having dinner with you guys, we had a team back in our New York apartment. 
Alexandra Gator and her team. They are an amazing design team from Toronto. They specialize in small rental spaces. This is not an ad. I'm like pitching it as an ad. Mm-hmm. It's not, but she is amazing. And oh, she did she, such a great job. She did such a good job. Um, she basically just did all renter-friendly makeovers on our spaces, um, like our living room and a little bit of our kitchen. And we're so happy with it. We literally just threw all of Joe's furniture into this apartment, which he had great furniture. It was all really nice, but it just kind of fit the space a lot better. So Mm -hmm. we're enjoying it. We have been not here. Like I was gone for a month in Canada and now we're back and forth. We're gone every weekend this month. So every time we come home, we're just so happy to be home and be able Mm -hmm. to enjoy the space. Well, and there's nothing like moving in with your partner and Obviously, like you have stuff from your place before and your partner has stuff from their place before, too. But there's nothing better than like combining everything and picking out pieces that you both love together to make it your own. And I think that's like the special part of moving in with somebody. I mean, trust me, it can be a headache and it can be crazy town, which I am experiencing right now. I was going to say, you can relate to this. You can (laughs) can relate to this more than anyone. (laughs) You're in your guest house right now. I I am in the guest house right now. And um, I cannot, I mean, I've talked about the main house that's under construction on the podcast before. It's going to be like that for a couple months, unfortunately, but, but we're just having fun. Like, you know, we'll go shopping here and there. We'll be looking online and we'll be like, Oh, we like that piece of art or we like this piece of furniture. And so we're slowly kind of putting this puzzle together. It's finding like your combined styles. Exactly. Exactly. And is Joe, well, I was going to say, Joe's probably pretty easy breezy, but he's probably the opposite. I feel like Joe is a man who knows what he likes and he sticks to that. Is it like hard to kind of convince him on other things for the space? We're both pretty good at like compromising. And thankfully, he does have really good taste. Like he's actually into interior design and was into like the design of our space when we did the makeover. But yeah, I would Mm -hmm. say I'm a little more easygoing. He's like, I want this. I like this. He's got a vision. (laughs) You know, it's Joe's world. It's Joe's apartment. Well, it's our apartment. But he has the vision and we're all just going with it. I'm so surprised oh, I have to say when I because <laughs> I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing a lot of noise and I'm hearing there my name is. a lot. <laughs> I oh god, give him a hug when I know he can't hear I'm me, but give him a hug when you see him okay. next. You don't want food, do you? No, I'm good, but thank right. you. Becca says hi. Oh, I said hello. Miss him. Um, I am so shocked that when you guys gave like the full apartment reveal, that there wasn't some picture of George Clooney somewhere throughout oh that space. Oh my gosh. You know what? That's such a good idea. I should get him like a framed photo. Just of get him like Clooney a little, apartment. like a, just a tiny one. Like one for and the bedside like, table next to like his yes. red snow globe. Yes. A bedside table or like even behind the toilet, like just sitting there as like, you know, like a statement piece when somebody a has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Wait, I don't no, know no. if people want to like go to the bathroom and look at George or maybe they do. I don't know. I would. He's, he has a good face. He does. Wait, don't do that because I want to do this as like a white elephant Christmas gift for him. You know what? When we guys, when we come visit you guys when the place is done, you yes. should just put like photos of George Clooney all around. Oh my gosh! You know when you guys stay at our guest house, that's all it's going to be. You know how people will, like Nicolas Cage the like an office or something i will just yes. george clooney the guest house um okay we could talk about george clooney for far, far too long it's joe's favorite person in the world besides serena but um you just mentioned you guys have been all over the place you're gone every weekend you just got back from a trip in mexico and tell us about that because it wasn't a trip that you like quite expected correct <laughs> No, it wasn't. August is a very exciting month. We are somewhere different every weekend. We were in Rhode Island the other weekend visiting Jared and Ashley's coffee shop. And then this weekend, we were invited by Nick and Natalie to be their plus ones on a trip. They had gotten a collaboration with this beautiful hotel in Cancun. And we were just kind of tagging along. Um, And we get there and there's an itinerary in our room with a bunch of other names on it. Joe and I were like, did we just get ourselves into an influencer trip? I don't (laughs) know what we're on I don't know what we're doing um but it ended up being very fun you know we got to hang out with some people um and the hotel was beautiful so yeah we were we were like all right this is this is the trip we're on now this isn't what we expected but we're gonna make the best of it go with the flow and it was great we got to Mm -hmm. meet some new friends and enjoy the sun and that's probably like the best trip you could go on thinking it was going to be one thing and then just showing up and being like oh well we're here now but we're just going to reap the rewards and everyone else has 
has to work while we can relax. Exactly. We had we were very lucky to be invited as plus ones. So we had literally no like work requirements in with the hotel, at least like we had our own work. But Mm -hmm. we really got to enjoy it as a vacation, um, which was so nice. We did a lot of laying by the pool and drinking margaritas and all that good stuff in Mexico. That's all you need. Um, Okay, I have to ask because our listeners would read me if I didn't, but it's been a hot second since we've had you on. Is there any wedding updates or plans that you can share with us? Oh my gosh, Becca, I'm sure you can relate to the fact that everyone's probably asking you this question too. Yes, far too often. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so I can just give a breakdown. So at the end of the month, so the, the last weekend of the month, um, we are going to be having an engagement party in Toronto mm-hmm. that my parents are throwing for us. It's just close family and friends. Um, Joe and my parents actually haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. They were supposed to meet in the spring and something came up and they couldn't. So we're super excited to have them together in the same city. We're super excited to have like Joe's friends, my friends, all in one room. So once that's done we will focus on wedding planning mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work like I just doing this engagement party because my parents have like I've been included in a lot of the planning mm-hmm. it is so much more work than I anticipated so I can yeah. understand now why people are like oh you plan on getting married next year girl like you know you should probably get on that. get on it yes no, I mean, I planned Thomas's 30th birthday party, which oh, it's yeah. a, it was a freaking birthday party. And oh, yeah. I you was like all out for that, though. And like that was the max planning I can put out into the universe. Like even that was too much for me. And I'm not I'm just not a planner. Like that's just not. Yeah. You know, it was so much fun. But yeah, wedding. It's so funny because I'm sure like after you guys were announced as a couple engaged in paradise last year. Did you just have an onslaught of wedding planners and bridal dress companies and all these, you know, wedding industry companies reach out to you? Oh yeah. So many, like so many people in my DMS asking to plan my wedding, asking to be my wedding videographer, which Mm -hmm. was amazing and so generous, but we were not even close to thinking about when we were getting married, when we got off the show last year, it was just so fast. Um, and now that we're finished the engagement party, I mean, I did have a lot of help, but for my wedding, I'm like, someone else planned, I'll just show up, you know, put me in a dress, walk me down the aisle. I'm just there for the marriage. Tell me, tell me when and where and, (laughs) you know, like how my hair is going to be. And that's all I need to know. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. But like, like you said, things get booked up so fast that even now, if you're planning, and I'm slowly realizing this, if you're planning the wedding for next year, weekends are already booked up at venues. Planners already booked up. It's like, how are you supposed to get anything done if it's just like, and like the I pressure, I, I don't know about you, but like if I'm pressured into doing something too much, I'm like, I don't want to do it. Don't talk to me about it. And I just keep pushing it off until it like bites me in the ass after, you know, yes. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's so. going to be us trying to play weddings and nothing's available. You know but, what? Just have Joe reach out to George Clooney. I'm sure he'll offer you his Lake Como home as the You know venue. what? We could just have a joint a joint wedding. We'll just yeah. we'll just go. We'll combine it. We'll have a big party. Mari and Kenny can get it yes. on it. Tia and Taylor can get it on it. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll actually, just all get married in one day. Wait, there is a thing. Um, ben Higgins actually either officiated it or hosted it, and I think this was pre-COVID, where it was kind of the same concept, where all these couples. Would would get married at the same time and they would share this venue. It would be like this massive party at the end of it. Like, you know, they could invite their family and friends, but it was like this massive wedding and reception all in one. I should actually pick his brain on how it went because. Oh my gosh, that's intense. Can you imagine though? Like the producers are like slowly like twiddling their fingers. Like, Ooh, how can we make this big joint wedding work? Yeah. They're like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Sir. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to take it as their own notes. I know. It's mine. My idea. Um, Well, no, I'm so excited. I unfortunately cannot make your engagement party. I know. It's okay. got the invite, and I'm so sorry. I'll actually be, I think, back in Minnesota at that point, but I can't wait to see your photos. It's going to be so much fun. You'll be at the wedding. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, I might be getting married apparently at the same time as you, so who knows? Great. (laughs) Back to bads. Um, Oh, my gosh. No, I'm so excited for you and Joe, and I can't wait to see you both again. Um, Yeah, it's just it's going to be fun whenever we get together. So, Serena, since I have you here today as my co-host, we got to get into episode six because... 
I want to say like a lot went down, but like there were key moments that stuck out. Like for you in this one episode, what really like grabbed you or stuck out to you or surprised you? Ooh, I mean, I think probably the most like emotionally charged moment of the episode was right at the top with Gabby breaking up with Nate. And you know what? I mean, she definitely seemed kind of emotional going into the date. Like even when her, Rachel and Jesse were having that talk, like it seemed like stuff was going on in her head, but it was hard to know exactly what it was. And then they went on their date. But I was so shocked to see her essentially like sit him down and break up with him right away. I feel like typically what we see is like the date goes on and at the end of the date, they kind of come to that decision. Mm -hmm. But she went in knowing exactly what she had to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was um, like from Gabby's standpoint, that tugged at my heartstrings, like her reaction and the emotion in that moment really hit me. And I think it just shows like how hard she can love and feel things. And I think sometimes it's easy for people or viewers to see her and be like, oh, she's so funny and like easygoing and, you know, but like there's so much more depth to her. But going into what you just said, like I was surprised that it happened that early on in the day. But I think she, I mean, here's the thing. She liked him, but she knew she just wasn't ready to be a mom and like wasn't ready to to bring his daughter into this whole mix. Mm -hmm. And so I would have probably been like her where, you know, if I knew it and it just couldn't get there, I would have rather just, you know, cut the cord early instead of just dragging it along. Oh, 100 percent. I think it was really respectful of her to send him home before hometowns, especially if she knew like bringing a child into it just makes everything more serious. And I mean, if she knew it probably wasn't going to be him, there's no need for them to take that step. But I'm curious because mm -hmm. I I do think that her not being ready to be a mom was a big part of it. But I also felt like, and I could be totally off here, that with her and Nate's relationship, like he was so obsessed with her in such a cute way. But I don't know if I ever felt like she was on like the same level that he was. But then the breakup, like you could tell she was so emotional about it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'd be curious to know like if he didn't have like if he wasn't already a parent, like where the relationship maybe could have gone or if maybe like the feelings also just weren't there. Yeah. Well, so see, I thought the opposite. Oh, if I'm really? being honest. Yeah. And it, I think it was just more apparent to me, especially during that breakup. And full disclosure, this is the second time I've technically seen that breakup because I actually was at Mental. We filmed early last week. And so I saw that clip already. Um, but there was so much going on, right? Like there's a ton of people around and a ton of people in the audience watching. And so it's like hard to like, you know, really focus in. So now being able to rewatch it at home just on my own, to me, it seemed like she was way more into him than he was to her. And I think like, really, and I could be off, but just like me kind of reading body language and like, even like how he chose to like approach that conversation or like right. the things he was saying, I was like, I feel like he maybe feels a little sense of relief in a way, or like, you know, like, this is okay. And I feel like it was much harder for her and she was much more invested than he was at that point. Maybe. And that's I just like my opinion. To... No, I like that take. I feel like I have to go back and watch it again then. Cause I think I, through the season had felt like she was like slightly less into him, but then maybe watching the breakup again, I do feel like she was extremely emotional and he kind of took it and was like, okay. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's hard because all of these guys know that only one guy is not going to get broken up with unless you obviously send right. yourself home. So like, you know, your breakup, like the odds of you getting broken up with are higher than the odds of you not getting broken up with. Right. But I mean, what do you think about Gabby's fear of becoming a mom? Has she ever explicitly said if she really wants children or she doesn't want children or if she's on the fence? You know, I was actually thinking about that when I was listening to her conversation last night. I mean, I don't know if she's ever explicitly been like, I want children. I yeah. think, you know, if if I'm being a critical watcher of this show and, you know, reading between the lines, I would assume she does. And that's maybe where her fear is coming from because she does potentially want that, but she just doesn't quite know, like, how she will be in that role or how to get there truly. Um I think it's a valid fear. And I think, like, just knowing, you know, because I think – 
you interviewed her with me last last season, mm-hmm. right on Clayton's podcast. Yeah. And at that moment, like she put in a lot of work in herself and through therapy and other outlets to like really work on herself, right? And find self-love and to be at a place where she's ready to be in a relationship and, you know, take those next steps. And so I feel like just knowing who she is as a person, she's willing to do the work to get there and to get what she wants. But I mean, and when she says she's not there yet, I totally get it. And this is a lot in itself. And you could probably attest to this. Like this whole process is obviously sped up to try and find love, to try and find a life partner, right? Like you're supposed to do it in two months and get engaged and be like, I want to spend all of my years with you, right? But to add on, it's not only one person now that you're you know, like if she were to end up with Nate, it's not only one person that she's finding love with, but she is bringing this child into her life too. And she, I'm sure she still feels like she needs to take steps to get to that point too, to not only be a partner to an adult, but yeah. to be a mom to this like younger human. And so yeah. I, she kept, and I think at one point or a couple of times she was like apologizing for how she was feeling. And I was like, Honey, you don't need to apologize. Like, this is just you. Well, I feel like, too, like, in two months, like, they're leaving engaged with the understanding that they're going to keep exploring the relationship and getting to know each other and, like, building a life together outside the show takes a lot of work and energy. (laughs) And I think it's good of her to be realistic with herself of, like, you know, that is another component to take on of not only stepping into the role of a fiancé to someone that you're still getting to know, but a stepmother in a way or Mm -hmm. you know helping parent his daughter whatever role they kind of find within that um but i think her overall general fear of being a mother is totally valid especially with how much she shared about her own relationship with her mother and at Mm -hmm. the end of the day i think it just means that she really when she has a child if she has a child if she chooses to have a child she is going to love it and care so much because like that fear comes from a place of her wanting to be an amazing mom Mm -hmm. which is a good thing that's a good intention to have right and i think god this is going to be such a bad analogy but bear with me okay okay i i have been watching a lot of Grey's anatomy you know i know it's been the show (laughs) for the past couple months and i've been binging still watching the show because there's a thousand seasons i'm only on season like 12 I think but it's never ending yeah that's true but like the main character Meredith Grey had a lot of issues growing up with her mom she never received love or attention from her mom and so for the longest time she didn't think she was going to be a good mother because of that but now I'm in season 12 and she has two children sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone but she has two children at this point and she's a great mom she still wants to you know be a great friend be a great surgeon but she's like learning she can do it all and because of actually her past and like what she the, the lack of love and emotion that she received from her own mother just makes her want to be that much better and mm-hmm. not make the same mistakes, which I feel like if that's something Gabby wants could ultimately show Gabby, like, I'm not going to be who, you know, raised me and I'm not going to do the same, you know, take the same path that my mom did with my children. So it's like she can make her own story, which um, I'm like, again, she's such a strong, independent kind patient woman that I feel Mm -hmm. like she would do that I mean we're already seeing her do it in other relationships and I can only imagine she would do that in a relationship with a child but yeah and I feel like at the end of the day like her and Nate it just maybe wasn't the right timing or it just wasn't meant to be but like we do see that she has so many strong connections with other people like it wasn't like Nate was like the only strong connection and it was Mm -hmm. like really only because she wasn't ready to be a mom like I do feel like there's so like she has a great group of guys with some really good connections so I think I'm optimistic we're still gonna see her find love you gotta there's gonna be have to be a couple heartbreaks but she's gonna get there oh yeah we still have I mean this is only week six and every time I I recap each episode with Michelle we're always like it's going by so fast it's going by so fast it is going by fast Mm -hmm. but it's also only week six like we still have yeah I think a month of episodes left many more episodes many more Grey's Anatomy analogies to come (laughs) this season on Bachelor Happy Hour because like to me it makes so much sense. It does. Like, and anyone no, who has seen Grey's, I think, can kind of, like, you know, find the similarities to the situations. Yes. Two great shows that have been on our televisions <laughs> forever. But um, let's get into the fact that hometowns are right around the corner. This was such a pivotal weekend. I'm sure you kind of remember 
back in Matt's season, God, that feels like forever ago. But know, when you were in Matt's season, like obviously you made it to hometowns. Do you like what do you remember most about your experience going into that week when you were on The Bachelor? Yeah, I remember that week actually very clearly because I was the person on my season that got the second one-on-one date. So I was the same as Nate who was sitting there and was like, okay, it's going to be so-and-so or it's going to be so-and-so because there were people who hadn't had one-on-ones yet and was shocked to get that second one-on-one and was so happy, so excited. Um was like, I'm going to fall in love with this guy today. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I remember getting the rose, knowing I was going into hometowns and really just feeling that energy switch of like, okay, this is getting serious. You know, all the girls that went into hometowns, you could tell, like we had taken a step into another stage of this show, another stage of this journey. And getting families involved is both, intense and it intensifies the relationship but for me I wasn't even worried about like oh my gosh Matt meeting my family I was so happy to be having them coming Mm -hmm. because families bring in a new perspective they see things from kind of an outsider's point of view coming into this journey and like looking at you in the sky they don't know anything in advance and they know you better than anyone so honestly typically watching hometowns for me is like one of my least favorite episodes but being in it it was probably the biggest week of the entire season for me as a contestant right what about you becca going to um hometowns as the bachelorette what was that kind of like for you oh well It's so different going in as a contestant and kind of like what you were saying where you were just excited to see your family again. I was I was so ready. I mean, it had been such a crazy experience up until that point. And that had been the longest I'd ever Mm -hmm. gone without talking to any family or friends. So I was just ready to do it. So pumped when I was the lead. It was vastly different because I was going into four of the men's hometowns and I, and I was much more aware of like, you know, I need to make sure I I can find a family that I can fit into. And, um, and lo- I mean, I feel like I lucked out though. All four families were incredible when I was in that week and they were all so different, but so fun. And I feel like, and maybe this, maybe there's a difference between bachelorettes and bachelor leads. Like, I feel like when we watch a bachelor lead, the family's like really grill him a lot more and I felt like for me I didn't experience really any of that. Well I feel like the bachelors just have it harder these days in the sense that Mm -hmm. it's like you're being a player you're dating for women like they get such a bad rep like what are your intentions whereas like the bachelorettes Mm -hmm. it's like you're a strong powerful confident (laughs) woman. such a double standard. They are but it is such a double standard so like I I feel for the bachelorettes but I feel like all these families are gonna like I hope they all love Rachel and Gabby I mean what's there not to love? I think that they will. And, you know, I lucky enough was briefly met Rachel and Gabby in person last week at the tell all. And like being with them for 10 minutes, I can only imagine like spending the night with a family mm-hmm. like they're going to fall in love with these girls. But but um, yeah, there it was it, like it was a pressure in a different way. I wasn't really nervous. I was going to go in and be like, you know, like, I hope I just can meet these families for who they are and kind of see how they take in their sons and what they have to say about them. But um the nerve wracking part was like at the end when it was like my family coming for that last week to meet my last two guys. That was the part that was so anxiety ridden. It was like the hardest part of my journey, I would say, was just like I remember just sitting with my mom and sister and crying for like two hours every day when they met these guys because I was like, I like both these people and I don't know mm-hmm. what to do. And that was the hard yeah. part. Um but hometowns itself is so fun. There's nothing better than being like, yeah, like this is me and I'm used to this and I feel like I'm in my comfort zone and I can just kind of show it off to you. And it's just, it's a fun week. Yeah, it's week. kind of the guy's chance to take charge and like show them around. And it's going to be so fun to like actually go back. Like I love, hometowns episodes are so much better when we really get to go to their hometowns, which we don't, mm-hmm. I believe we are going to see that. So that's going to be really fun getting to like see them in their environment. I always right. find the guys and the girls when they're at home look and feel so much more comfortable than they have the entire season when they're like with their people in their space. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. And I like this is hometowns last year was the week we met grandpa John, Gabby's grandpa John. Oh and my so gosh, I hope was. 
It was. And so I hope that one of these guys has like a Grandpa John-esque person in their family. And what's, that just... what's Rachel's dad's name? Tony? Is it Tony? Is it Tony? I, I feel don't... like he had like a like a bold moment too. Oh, yeah. Because he like shook Clayton's hand at the end. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. And she, well, she was, I think, nervous to introduce yeah, she was. Clayton. Um, one thing I actually want to ask you, because we're in this week right before Hometowns, did you notice a shift in the group that you were with, like the group of women, because I felt like I remember feeling it, it felt more tense being with the women that week of like, this is really make or break. And this is super serious. And I felt like mm-hmm. there, like the tone was just different that week before. Did you feel like that with your women? Yeah, definitely. It definitely just, everyone got way more serious, way more intense. Like emotions were high. Um, I was lucky because I had the one-on-one and then Rachel was on the group date and she got a rose too. So we were roommates and we both had roses, which was nice because we were able to like go into the rose ceremony, relax together. Mm -hmm. But I remember the day of that rose ceremony, even like the day before, you could tell everyone was like on edge kind of. It's it's make or break if you're taking that next step or not. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was the week where people were really picking apart others. This is going to sound bad, but yeah. like they were kind of picking apart the other women being like, she's not old enough. She's not mature enough. She said this three weeks ago. So that means she's not ready to introduce you to her family. And it was just like this. So, so much of like the she said, she said, and like, yeah. how but can we solidify our place? You know, what's so funny this season, at least, is I feel like you're so right. Like this week before hometowns is when everyone gets so intense. And I feel like we did see this on Clayton season, um, but not this season is like no one has kind of like tried to like sabotage anyone else. Like, I feel like this is when people get into their own heads and maybe make some decisions that like aren't in their best interest or in the mm-hmm. relationship's best interest. But all of these guys have seemed to have stayed like pretty chill, pretty calm Um there's been no seen, drama. No, like no guy on guy drama <laughs> at all. It, it was it happened early on with Chris and then, you know, halfway through a little bit ago with Hayden. Like, Come but, on, guys, spice it up. Yeah, it's mo- like there's the the main drama we've seen all season and it's actually kind of refreshing is like situations of like stuff that the girls have to deal with mm-hmm. with the men and not with the men themselves. Yeah, um, it's much more of like I don't even know if I want to call it drama because it's not like they're fighting or anything but like emotionally charged moments but with Rachel and Gabby a lot of like ITM tears a lot of interview crying I Mm -hmm. feel like we've seen Mm -hmm. and a lot of just you know them needing that additional reassurance in comparison to probably leads we've seen in the past because there's two of them and Mm -hmm. they're facing a lot more rejection I'm sure you guys have talked about this on the podcast but what do you think of the two bachelorettes like are you liking it See, I am, actually. I like it more than I thought. At first, when they announced that there's going to be two Bachelorettes, I was like, gosh, we're going to, you know, it's going to be, like, girl-on-girl fighting or, like, not even fighting with each other, but just, like, people picking favorites and kind of pitting them against one another. I actually love it. And I actually looked at Michelle last week when we were at the tell-all, and we both said the same thing. We're like, we wish we would have had a friend to do our seasons with, Mm -hmm. to go through everything with, to be able to have that girl time and the girl chats throughout. And I think it's, you know... It's everything that's new is going to get mixed reviews and people are going to have their separate opinions and criticisms about it. But I, I really enjoy watching them together. And I think because they are so close and so respectful of one another, it works really well. And you couldn't do it with everyone. Like, let's be honest, a season with two leads couldn't be the same if it wasn't these two. Yeah. What about you? No, No, I really like it. I do. And I feel like I would love to talk to Rachel and Gabby. I know you guys had them on the podcast and hear about if they felt like they were pitted against each other, but it doesn't seem like it from a viewer's perspective. Like it really feels like they got to act as each other's support system. And I know there was mm-hmm. all that controversy around like team Rachel, team Gabby when they like divided. But like, right. I think that was more just like the guys boosting each woman up. I don't think mm-hmm. it was meant to be like they were competing against one another. Yeah. And having been on the show and like having watched the show for years, like, it's entertaining for me as a viewer to see a different format because it's so much harder to predict what's going to happen. And like we're seeing, you know, new challenges and new struggles that these women are facing that are both like 
hurting them but like also like strengthening their relationships and they're growing from it and Mm -hmm. it's just made for a very interesting kind of unique dynamic this season that like I've really liked I don't know if it would be like every single season let's have two three four bachelorettes Mm -hmm. but like definitely the season I I thought it was great oh yeah yeah and I don't think like you said I don't think it could be every season or like I think there needs to be like some sort of break but I just think the variety of it is wonderful too and and mm-hmm. I've said this before but that's why people like watching Paradise is because there's multiple stories and mm-hmm. multiple relationships that people can And it's can nice f- because it's like these guys have picked like I you know there's two girls but like some of these guys are like no like I genuinely feel a connection with Rachel like mm-hmm. so you see that like mutual like picking each other which mm-hmm. I think is really nice yeah and and another thing that I don't think anyone can really know what it feels like unless you're a lead but like there are times where it's it's a really scary thing being just like a sole lead and having all of the like attention on you because it's it, like I I found myself questioning quite a bit and, and I've asked past leads this too like did you really feel like these people were here for you because they liked who you were they could see a future with you they could actually like develop feelings for you or because that's all they had to focus on like and that's kind of why I like having two women is because these women have to go through each relationship and compartmentalize each relationship and their feelings for every man and the men at the top of this season had to do the same thing like they kind of really had to think about Who's going to be the best fit for me? Who can I really develop strong feelings for? Who I could see, like, this relationship lasting? And I think that it ultimately just, like, makes a relationship stronger because they're not just, like, zoned in on one person. And it's not just, like, that sole competition, like, eyes on the prize type thing. Yeah, Um, totally. And, like, it's not like you just have, like, idealized this one person this whole time. Like, this sole, like... It's like, are you really falling in love with the person? Or are you falling in love with, like, the idea yeah. of, like, ending up with The Bachelorette? Exactly. I want to ask, is it, like, I'm, I'm just curious because I've obviously never been in the lead role. Does it get, like, lonely being the lead when it's just you? So that's actually a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Um, lonely in the sense of, I mean, you're never alone. Right. Right. You always have, at least when I was bachelorette, I had a team of three women always with me. We would travel together. I mean, and I got really close with them where like we would have summer parties every night because we just got so close. It's the hard part, though, is realizing like to some extent this is still their job. And even though we're friends and they genuinely care about me and the outcome of like my relationship here, it's still a show, and that's where, when I say Gabby and Rachel, the fact that they can have each other to lean on is so special and so important and something I actually wish I had is because, mm-hmm. like, you don't have your close family and friends. You don't have people who have known you for a while, who know what makes you tick, who know, like, what you kind of need in a partner or what you need to give to somebody. And so I never felt lonely, but at times I felt like, like maybe someone who could relate to you would be nice to have yeah. there. Someone who's also going through that. Right. And I don't want to say misunderstood because that's the wrong word. But yeah, somebody who can like feel like they're walking in my footsteps and like we're going along this together mm-hmm. and like they can fully understand. Totally. Yeah. 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 But um, I mean, and also too, you're like constantly filming. You're constantly on dates or talking oh, to the yeah. men or in interviews or whatever it might be. And so it's like you don't really have time to like feel alone yeah. like you're just go go yeah. go and then when you actually have time to be alone you, you just pass out you're like thank god i'm going to sleep <laughs> yeah exactly for the one hour i have but yeah, yeah. um uh, okay let's get back into the actual episode though because there was a couple things i mean both women had just one one-on-one date and then they each mm-hmm. had a group date i want to get into the group dates But then I also want to make sure we talk about Tino a bit on this episode because that was a situation that really stood out to me that was interesting. But let's get, can we just talk about Gabby's one on one date or not one on one, Gabby's group date? What were your thoughts on this? I wanted to hate it, but I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. Like, so I've been to Amsterdam, like, I've been Mm -hmm. to like the red light district and all that, but like, it was not something I was expecting to see on this show. Right. 
And the guys were so flustered, so hilarious. It was like I was dying. When they were doing the safe words, like they were <laughs> cracking me up. So this part, this is the one group date that Thomas was like out and about working on the house. He chose to walk in to me watching this episode in this moment where Gabby is whipping the men and they're coming up with their these safe words and he's like is this the Bachelorette? He's, He's like, like what are you watching? She's like, Carol. She's allowed to whip them on this show. And I we was have like, a rebrand. Bachelorette, like, the rebrand. ABC is pushing the boundaries on this one. I I loved it. Can we please talk about these safe words though that these men yeah. came up with? Like, Spencer said Albuquerque. Logan said asbestos, which I was... Asbestos was the best one, in my opinion. I was cackling because he's like, it's something you don't want in the bedroom. And I was like, <laughs> true. okay, true. makes sense. If you had a safe word with Joe, what would it be? I Okay, so there's one of my favorite movies is Sleeping with Other People with Allison Brie and Jason said. Sudeikis. Um, And there's like joking safe word in the movie for when like they're crossing like the friendship boundary is um, mouse trap. Mouse. And I love it. I think it's so much. And it's so violent. Like, like mouse trap. Nothing sexy about a mouse trap. No. It's <laughs> so going to cut every, said. It's going to stop uh, stop everything real quick. Yeah. Whether you want it to or not. Like game is over when you pull out the mouse trap. I was dying. Like this whole date. Like. I I was like, I wish I was Gabby right now. This is going to, like, and I'm sure people will pick apart what I'm about to say on this podcast, but, like, there's something <laughs> so cathartic about going around and just, like, nicely whipping these men on the floor. Like, after the week she's had, she, you know, bawled her eyes out the other day on a, on a date. She's like, this is what I need right now. And I a was like... dominatrix moment. I loved it for her. It was... I mean, I was entertained. People can talk shit about this date all they want, but were you not entertained? But you know what? Like, it was something different. It was something... F- like, I feel like... So, Rachel had that date where they were, like, seduce her, like, trying to get them to seduce her. Do you remember? Oh, and, yes. like, they... And I was like, I feel like that was like a different kind of but similar structure as to this date. But it just felt so awkward to me. Whereas this date, at least like it was funny. Like no one right. was going to take this seriously. Yeah. The guys felt uncomfortable, but were like being funny about it. Gabby wasn't trying to like make it serious. Like she was, right. it was just, and like it was something we've never seen on the show before, which I always enjoy. Yeah. It was fun loving. That's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like, and I'm sure if any of the guys actually felt uncomfortable, they would have used their safe word. But <laughs> exactly. And keep in mind, again, to all of our listeners, if people don't actually want to partake in a group date or they feel uncomfortable, like they aren't forced into it. Like they truly aren't. They can step out and say no. But I think also to the fact that it's like, you know, halfway through the season towards the end. And it's such a small group of guys who have you know, now lived on a cruise ship together for 17 years. Mm-hmm. They probably are so comfortable with each other. Like, it's probably shit that they've talked about, like, off camera with each other, yeah. too. And now it's just, like, you know, more funny at home. Or more funny, like, with each other in the setting. What was Rachel's group date? Oh, the cheese. The cheese. Can we talk about that one, too? Yes, we can. Okay, I just have to say, I love cheese. So I was living vicariously for this I date. Know you do. I was like, how was this not a freaking date on my Becca, season? They'd all be like holding. <laughs> if you were the bachelorette, they'd be holding it and you'd be like eating the cheese. No, I, I would just like put my mouth straight up to those cheese chunks. Um, yeah, it's just, and this is why I love when people, when the show is able to travel internationally, because you get to see like different fun traditions from around the world. Like, the fact that people actually, like, hold these cheese wheels as a competition is hilarious to me. And Ethan was, I, okay, I feel like we're just starting to see a little more of Ethan now, which, mm-hmm. of course, he goes home at the end of the episode. But, like, he was kind of killing me this episode. Like, I thought he was so funny. I was like, we're, I feel like he has way more of a personality than what we've seen. He did well on that date. Yeah, he was entertaining. I was very proud of him for making it that far. I didn't think Avon was going to drop out that fast. No, I know. Not to shame Avon in any way, but I had my money on him when that started. I actually want to know how heavy, like how many pounds of cheese are we talking that they were oh holding? Gosh. Did they say? It was probably 
it was probably so heavy. Like, I can't even imagine. I, pro- I couldn't use all my strength to pick up one of those wheels, I feel like. No, but I also would love to receive a cheese wheel as a gift one day for, like, a birthday or something. So everyone listening, <clears throat> oh, Thomas just walked in, so he heard that. Okay, good. Thomas, get her a cheese wheel. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, both very funny, interesting group dates, especially for the week before hometowns. I feel like usually they're, like pretty chill like more so conversationalized dates before hometowns but I'm not mad about it it made for good tv I feel like the one-on-ones well I mean Nate's obviously was short but um Zach's one-on-one with Rachel was kind of that like walking through the tulip fields and the hut very romantic like lots of Mm -hmm. one-on-one quality time together whereas the group dates were a lot more like activity based and then we got to see some more serious convos at night just to highlight what you just said about uh Rachel's one-on-one with Zach that was so beautiful like I'm adding that to the bucket list of biking Mm -hmm. through the tulips Going in a hot tub in this tulip farm. It was yes. so beautiful. I feel a little throwback to the windmill moment from yeah. Hannah Brown's oh season. Oh, my God. I saw that. Did you catch All that? All I saw was four times. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I know. Me, too. It's iconic. Uh, it, it truly is. Um, but, yeah, that was a lovely date. Also, like, I, I really like the fact that uh, Zach was able to open up a bit more about, like, his past and um, a little bit about his mental health struggles and the fact that they were Mm -hmm. able to talk about therapy I think just bonded them so much more we had Zach on the podcast a couple weeks ago and I really he's very enjoyable he's very sweet so that was their relationship like I feel like their one-on-one was just like stable and steady like obviously Mm -hmm. it got a little more serious at night with him opening up and being vulnerable but I feel like their relationship like they had such a crazy intensive connection right out of the gate from that one-on-one and they've just kind of been like riding steady ever since oh yeah he I mean I said this when we had him on like he is I'm calling it now. I don't know spoilers, but like he's making it to top two for sure. Like he's he's like one of those guys, Um, which also then on the flip side, I feel like one of Rachel's other top contenders, Tino, we see him spiraling a bit, I will say, this episode. And I want to pick your brain on... How you felt about Justino in general and how he handled this situation, because I obviously have my thoughts and opinions, but it was interesting. I feel like the way he approached it and the things he chose to say about how Mm -hmm. he was processing the situation kind of rubbed me the wrong way. How did you feel about it all? I agree. I, I not to Tino, if you're listening, not to laugh at this but I totally laughed at this I don't know if it was Ethan or Tyler but someone was like Tino's being a baby back bitch right now oh yeah (laughs) and I was like okay but I mean a little bit you know like I get it it is hard and we said you know the week before hometowns is a really intense week so the pressures are high and I actually had a moment on my season where I didn't get the group date rose and I had really opened up we had a really good connection I was really needing that validation that week and I struggled like I I struggled with not getting it but the way Tino went about it of like kind of picking up his his wine glass Mm -hmm. and walking out um to take a moment I was like okay you know he needs a moment that's okay but then hearing the things he was saying about how you know I checked every box I said all the right things Mm -hmm. I hope that was just poor verbiage on his part and he doesn't actually mean it in the way it came across because if he does he does need to be reminded that like it's not about saying the right things it's not about you know sharing something vulnerable and expecting a reward a reward reward. yeah exactly and it felt like he felt like he did xyz and he should get a rose to reward that versus feeling upset and discouraged that like he really cares about this woman and is looking for some validation from her. yeah i think you said it best i think you nailed it i and I would agree. I think it's it's not that like having strong feelings for somebody and being invested in this relationship and being upset that you, you know, feel kind of off after a conversation mm-hmm. happened is one thing like he and he is entitled to feel however he feels like that is valid. The part I think that I'm sure rubbed me and maybe other viewers a little bit off because he didn't say anything bad, but it's the fact that like you said, he he hit all the points. He won the cheese challenge and mm-hmm. he opened up in a way that he felt like he hasn't been able to open up before, that he deserved something. And it's like, yeah, 
But you also don't know these other conversations that these guys are having with Rachel. And she's not invalidating your relationship by not giving you this rose in this moment. Like, if anything, she's probably on the same page as Tino and cares just as much about him. But she Mm -hmm. also has multiple relationships that she's working through. And so it Mm -hmm. just, I like, part of me, and we already know, like, because we see a little bit behind the scenes and, like, we see how what she is saying about him and like how she feels about him. So we are privy to a bit more than he was in that moment. But like, we know she cares about him just as much. We know she's like falling for this man, but yeah, I think the sense of entitlement and like, because I did X, Y, Z, I deserve more X, Y, Z, whatever. But what's it's a feel. It's like him feeling that he's more deserving than anyone else there because he was vulnerable and he was strong at the cheese challenge. Whereas it's like, you don't know what these other conversations were. You don't know how they went. And it doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't have, you know, she could be madly in love with Tino at this point and still potentially give someone else a rose that week because there are multiple connections there and they are developing differently. But he did start to talk about later, you know, after I think it was in the rose ceremony about how he was like, I'm starting to worry that, like, maybe she doesn't feel the same way. So I do feel like everything he was saying, I hope, because I have liked him up until this point, and I still do like him, came from a place of insecurity and, like, discouragement versus a place of, like, have you just been really strategic this entire time and you're being, you're Mm -hmm. feeling entitled to these roses because you have, in your head, been strategic about what you've been saying. So. I think and, we'll see as it goes on. Yeah, it, it's it, that part was very interesting to me. And I feel like out of all of Rachel's men, I didn't expect that from him. Me too. Um, hopefully next week he kind of gets out of his head a little bit. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do feel like he is a top contender. I feel like he is yeah. like one of her. I think he also will be top two. And this isn't I've said this before in the podcast. So I hope that he can kind of step out and see that she's going through this like very unique experience and can be more supportive and like actually in it for her and not for doing all the right things, saying all the right things. But uh, let's get into. Well, I don't even think we need to talk about the rose ceremony. (laughs) I mean, Rachel's got her four guys. We kind of just touched on that. And then Gabby has. Wait, wait. We do have to talk about Logan, who kind yes. of just sailed off into the sunset he with did. without a goodbye. Logan, <laughs> I was I was shocked. I mean, it's one thing for Jesse to come and and cancel th- the cocktail party because somebody has COVID. That I understand. Yes. But then I kept being like, "Well, did he just go home without saying goodbye? I know. Like, I where's like, is he Logan on the now? Boat? Where is he? Like, like, I, w- I would assume he's quarantining. I mean, they would have to have immediately isolated him. I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I think it's like Castaway, where he is now on a Lone Island by himself, and we'll maybe yeah. see him raft back one day in the future. Who knows? <laughs> oh my god, so funny. <laughs> with his volleyball, I'm not sure, but yeah, I w- it's just in my mind, I was like, wait, is he like? What if Gab? But but then I was thinking like, what if this was a guy that Gabby was super into? That it's very apparent. Like, what if it was an Eric? Like, what would would they I have just like sent him know. off and he was done? I I it's can't like, imagine. Bye, Eric, sorry. I know we had a good connection. <laughs> I think with Logan too, like the fact that he was with Rachel for so long and then went over to Gabby's side. Like, I can imagine it would have been very difficult for Gabby to have a connection with Logan that was as strong with her as her connection with her other guys because they've just had so much more time together. Mm -hmm. So like, even if Logan didn't unfortunately get COVID, I don't know if he would have been making it to hometowns. I mean, I guess we'll never know, but that would be my prediction. Yeah. I I can't imagine. So just because of the lack of time, but also too, if I was Gabby, I'd be like, Oh, I only have to go to three hometowns and I can have an extra two days to sleep. Cool. Sign me up. Thank you. (laughs) That's where I would be. Let's get into your fashion picks of this season because we can't have you on here and not do that. So I, I have personally missed the fashion breakdowns. You are such a professional at critiquing Thank everyone. You. So I want you to I'm gonna go in order. First off, okay. can you give me I'm a bring up my notes? Your favorite <laughs> best rose ceremony look from Gabby this season. Okay. So this was a look that I feel like kind of went under the radar. Um, Gabby's worn a lot of really like 
bold black navy like sequin gowns that were so striking on her but this was a little bit different and same for her she kind of combined a she wore a purple like mm-hmm. a magenta dress which we haven't seen her in a lot of colors she's definitely more of a neutral gal and it had these mesh sleeves which i feel like might have been hard to see on camera and they had like a little poofs at the end and a very like deep plunging neckline which mm-hmm. is so gabby she's worn so many dresses she loves a deep neckline and i just thought it was so fun she had her hair in soft waves it's a little bit of a different look for her and i just thought it was really cute really playful and super chic like the sleeves were gorgeous i loved we've seen so much like mesh sheer materials lately mm-hmm. um and yeah that would be 10 out of 10 for Gabby. i loved that, that dress okay give me the best rose ceremony look for rachel rachel okay so Rachel is a big fan of like these asymmetrical necklines. She's worn a lot of them this season. She's also a lot more into like color, print, um, like different textures of fabric than I would say Gabby is. Um, they're both so chic and on trend, but it is nice because they have very different styles and like lean in different directions. And she wore, I think it was literally last week, um, this asymmetrical neckline with like a little bit of a mesh V green it was like a a gown like and it was so beautiful on her it fit her so well she's got like such beautiful curves so like it just it fit her like a glove um and yeah I was obsessed I thought she looked so good she actually she had a a week two black dress that had mesh in it too that I loved but I think the green was just yeah so nice with like her blonde hair Mm -hmm. I loved it popped okay best date look for Gabby okay Gabby's best date look. Oh, she wore, you guys know I love neutrals and I love a matching set. And Gabby last week wore a long sleeve little crop top that matched a knit skirt, all black. And it had this really beautiful detailing kind of on her ribcage area of mesh underneath. And then she paired it with these high black boots. I thought it was just such a chic look. So simple, high ponytail for her group date. And we've seen a lot of these like high black boots lately, but I loved Mm -hmm. how she paired it with this outfit because it was like more, I think it was like a knit ribbed material. So it just kind of like elevated it. I thought she looked so sexy in it. It was Honestly, I'm obsessed. Like, I, I want it so bad. Like, if I can find it, if I can find it where it is, I will go buy that. Carrie outfit. Fetman, drop the deets. Where did you get that outfit from? Seriously. Yeah, I'll ask. I mean, I'll I'll text him after this to see. Thank you so um, much. <laughs> okay, the best date look for Rachel. Rachel has worn um, two date looks that were kind of similar, and both of them, like, were amazing on her. So the first group date that they had, the pageant one, she wore this, um, I don't know if it was real leather or faux leather, but like a leather looking uh, button up dress. It had a cinched tie at the waist. It was in this like cream beige color. And Rachel loves like a chunky heel. She's always wearing these like big, almost like 70s vibe chunky heels um, and gold jewelry. And I don't know, it like, it wasn't something that I was like, wow, when I saw her in it, but it's like stuck with me through the season. Like it was like a very memorable chic look that she wore. And on her date with Avon, she wore something similar where it was like a long sleeve button up, um, like leather looking more of a brown dress. Mm-hmm. Um, the cream one has to be the winner though. So good on mm-hmm. her. Okay. And then is there any look from either Gabby or Rachel not getting the credit that it deserves? I mean, there's so many. They've had an amazing season. This has been some of my favorite fashion I've seen in a while on this show. I mean, everything has been so gorgeous. And I think it's really fun to watch because they're two bachelorettes with great style, but different style. And I think it just really enhances like their individuality and their individual personalities. But I did see online... um, when I was like looking through photos and stuff, trying to pick outfits for this, there was um, a little bit of criticism towards a dress that Rachel wore that I was like, I thought this was amazing on her. So I'm going to give it a shout out. Okay. It was a little black dress and it was a huge like flower that was on Mm -hmm. one side, another like asymmetrical look. And it was a tight little black bodycon. And I thought it was so fun. I thought Mm -hmm. she looked great in it. Um, Again, like played into her asymmetrical kind of theme. And Gabby, that episode, I believe wore like a strapless, very tight, mini metallic dress. So Mm -hmm. they just looked so good together. Like I was like, these photos are amazing. And yeah, that was a look that really stood out to me. It was just a very bold pattern. Okay, now switching to the guys. It's more fun to talk about the women's fashion, but who out of this bunch of men is the best dressed guy from this season? 
This is a harder one, at least for me being a woman. I feel like I'm so drawn to the woman's fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Jesse Palmer obviously knocks it out of the park every episode. (laughs) Because he is professionally styled. Yeah, he has a little bit of an advantage. (laughs) But you know what? I was looking through photos and Johnny actually has great fashion. He has played around with like turtlenecks and chains and like cool sneakers. He had like a really great jacket on his one-on-one date. Mm -hmm. Um, He's definitely, he's rocking like some tapered slim fit dress pants like he's in he's in with the fashion mm-hmm. he knows the trends and i love to see i also he just totally won me over on their one-on-one date like, oh yeah we're obsessed with johnny in this apartment I'm, i think he's so funny i'm a fan of johnny and kind of like what you said i feel like the men's style is much more unassuming and maybe mm-hmm. it's because we're women we don't pay attention as much but he's mm-hmm. a guy that i feel like can rock really anything and like yeah. he ooze, even though he says we had him on the podcast he's like i'm not that confident he oozes confidence and can he He's going like, rock anything without being, like, too bold or over the top. Yes, he's got a very, like, simple, classic style, but he always looks really cool and put together. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Actually, I feel like it used to be on The Bachelorette. At rose ceremonies, you would always see the guys in a suit and, like, a button-up shirt and a tie. And I feel like it's gotten more casual Definitely. over the years. This season, we've seen people in literal, like, white t-shirts or white long sleeves with their suit on top. And, like, a chain, like, yep. sneakers, like... The guys are really kind of, it's very fashion forward, but like mm-hmm. definitely dressing down for these rose ceremonies more than we've seen in the past. Oh, yeah. I feel like even within recent seasons, and maybe it's just sticking out more like, I want to say starting with Claire and Tasha's season, where the men cash it up more, but they'll, mm-hmm. but they'll accessorize differently and yeah. more fun. Like they'll do brooches or like you said, the necklaces or like earrings and something that we've never quite seen in the past yeah it's not you know what i feel like that's so reflective of just like fashion in general because i really do feel like post-covid fashion has become like like more casual looks have become more trendy like we're seeing like sweatsuits and people wearing like cool joggers with booties and Mm -hmm. heels and like everyone just wants to be comfy all the time now which i am all for that and i like it i think it's like different i think the show fashion is like very reflective of like the fashion industry oh i agree also now that you say that i just have to say fuck jeans i hate wearing jeans these days i uh, covid (laughs) covid has ruined me all i want to wear are sweatpants or something comfortable never again jeans i'm the same Uh i'm the same (laughs) but you always look so good i always look like a slob kebab that's like I'm ready to like (laughs) work out I'm always like ready to go to the gym even though I don't don't go to the gym um okay Serena it has been so much fun having you here you know the drill though with every person we have on we obviously do the rose and thorn Mm -hmm. so for just this week's episode give me your rose and your thorn okay so for this episode, my rose um, was learning about the tulip field in Amsterdam. The fact that it only blooms two weeks a year, I never would have known that existed. And it was just so gorgeous to see. And mm-hmm. just such a romantic date idea. Like if those two are really like falling in love, it was so beautifully aesthetic to watch them like walking through this tulip field and being in the hot tub. I was very jealous of that date. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thorn is going to have to be not getting to watch Logan um, sail away in a lifeboat off the cruise ship back <laughs> sail to the United States. into the sunset. Well, who knows? Maybe he didn't make it back to the States. Maybe, Maybe. he made it to Mexico. We aren't Maybe sure. Maybe he did. <laughs> Serena, it has been so much fun having you back with me. My mom is going to be thrilled because she absolutely loves you. Thank you for popping on. And, you know, I've said this before the last time you were with me, but you are welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I miss being here with you and chatting. So it was so much fun to be back. And hopefully Michelle is feeling better next week. Yes. Bye. Thank you, Bachelor Happy Hour listeners. And a huge thank you to Serena. I always love having her here. And everyone, don't forget that you can catch all new episodes of The Bachelorette every Monday on ABC or Hulu. And make sure to hit us up on social. You can do so if you follow us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram. And then from there, you'll find everything you need to know to follow us on both Twitter and TikTok. And Bachelor Happy Hour is available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. And you can listen ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Thanks, everyone, and chat with y'all next week. Cheers. 
So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. Take the Beachbound Vacations Perfect Beach Finder Quiz. You could find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the Perfect Beach Finder Quiz exclusively at Beachbound.com. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give love and logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.